If you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke, the 12th chapter. Last week when I was preaching, as a side note, I mentioned something about where our treasure is. And that has not left me. So please pray for me that the Lord would help me to elaborate on that. As we talk about this morning, where is your treasure? And we want to use Luke, the 12th chapter, starting with verse 22. I want to read several verses of Scripture here and ask the question, where is your treasure? Luke, uh, Luke 12 and verse 22. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn. And God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? And which of you with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit or one inch, as we would say? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? And seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell that you have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not. Where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When I was in second grade, there was a little girl that set her affection on me. Second grade. And aside from my mama, you know, I never had any female set their affection on me. <laughs> Praise God, my mom's affection is still on me. But this little girl just decided for some crazy reason that I was going to be her boyfriend for the year. And she would make me stuff. Like she, <laughs> she would bake things that, you know, in the shape of a heart. And it had like a, a rope hanging on it, like you'd hang it around your neck. I didn't do that. But I remember when I first got it, I got off in the corner and I took a bite of it to see, is this a cookie? It, was, it wasn't a cookie. It tasted weird. It wasn't to eat. It was just to look at. Hey, I was in second grade, okay? <laughs> and so she would give me these little trinkets and these little things all throughout the year. And she'd give me her smile all throughout the year. And lo and behold, when we went on our field trip in the spring, you know, somewhere out by the tree, I don't remember where we were. Nothing else mattered other than that little girl. And she kissed me on the cheek. <laughs> and I just, that was just the most amazing thing that had ever happened to me in my life. I do not remember anything about second grade but that little girl. Because she was my treasure. Okay? I remember nothing about second grade. And I don't remember anything about third grade because I spent the, the whole year third grade wondering why she wouldn't talk to me. <laughs> You know, she traded me up for somebody else in third grade. Second grade, third grade. I'm so glad mom's not here to hear this today because she'd be like, I never knew all this. And she did. She knew some of it. She saw all the stuff I brought home, saw the teeth marks where I'd try to bite it, you know. 
And she was always warning. Now, you know, listen, y'all are just in second grade. Now, this is probably not going to lead to betrothal or anything, you know. But I don't remember anything about second grade, and I don't remember anything about third grade other than that little girl. She liked me in second grade, and she didn't like me in third grade. <laughs> and I, I carried that all. Every time I'd look at that, I, I went 12, 13 years to school with that little girl who became a young woman. And I, I always, I, every time I looked at her, I thought back to second grade. <laughs> She was my treasure. That's all I thought about. Is she going to give me something tomorrow? <laughs> you know, am I going to get something from her? Is she going to bake me something, bring me a trinket or whatever, you know, kiss me on the cheek? <laughs> she was truly a treasure. And that's all I remember. And she is all that I wanted to spend my time with. I'd sat by her in class and tried to sit by her in third grade, but it didn't work. <laughs> Listen, wherever our treasure is, that's what we think about. That's what we want to spend time with. That's what consumes our mind and our thoughts. Jesus said, for wherever your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So you think about your own life and what you value and what your treasure is. Now I speak to you today as one who has chased those fleeting dreams and treasures in many different directions. So I, I don't know that you could come up if we, if we tried to have a competition between who had gone off the deep end more times, it, I'd probably win. But the, tr the word treasure means a deposit or wealth. For where your value system is, where your wealth is, the things that you care about and think are valuable, that's where your heart's going to be. That's the, that's the lesson that Jesus is teaching. Now, don't, the reason I read so much there, don't miss this, because the primary thing that was on the minds of the people he was speaking to was just making a living from day to day. And I don't mean adding to or padding your bank account. I mean, where's the next meal going to come from? That's why he says, what you wear, what you eat, take no thought for those things. Why? Because those things were a great distraction to the people. You think about that. If you were worried about where your next meal was going to come from, we're not worried about that. We know our next meal is going to come right in there as soon as Service is over. As soon as the preacher will hush, you know, we're going to go eat. But these folks were different. They were distracted by what they would put on in terms of just having clothes to wear. In, in a sense, I don't know if you're like me, but it, it makes me feel ashamed. And this is not a, a shaming message. I don't mean that because I hope we see in a moment just how that applies to us. But that's what was on their mind. What you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, you know, where you're going to live. Those are things that pressed upon their mind and distracted them. Now, Jesus, as they followed him, as, as we've seen in the Brother Luke's message this morning, where they went out and they were hungry and he fed them out there somewhere. You know, obviously some of the people were listening. I know they, they wanted to fill their bellies some more, but it gives you an idea about why they were like that. Because they didn't sometimes know where their next meal was going to come from. Especially when you follow the Son of God out into the wilderness and, and there's no restaurants or grocery stores. So you understand Jesus is teaching a lesson. Don't be distracted by those things. You see, and you think about what your distractions are. The things that your distractions are, are the things that you value. See, and it could be anything. It could be anything. Your treasure could be anything. I've had many. When I was a kid, I've got the past on my mind, had it all, all in my mind all through the week. But when I was a kid, I, I loved you know, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, Indiana Jones, you know, I told you, I, dad, to me, 
Harrison Ford favored dad. So I'd look at dad and think, he's kind of like Indiana Jones. <laughs> and so I'd come up with all these plans and schemes, you know, when I was, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old. And so one time I formed a treasure map. <laughs> I made it up. I knew where the treasure was going to be buried. It was very easy to find because I made it up. <laughs> but from my house all the way through the woods, way back over to a back area that I love to play in and, and run around and romp through the woods in. And so I went up in the middle of that and had a box that had the sealed package inside it, you know, a, a Ziploc bag with some computer or something or other in it. Back in those days, I, it, it was, you guys went like a floppy disk or something like that. Y'all don't even know what that is, you young guys. So I put it in there and put it in this box and I dug the hole and I buried it in there. And then I, you know, let, covered it back up and left, went back to the house and I followed my treasure map. I just had a great time. <laughs> had a great time searching for treasure. And, and even though I knew where it was and I knew what it was, you know, when I started digging in the shovel, my little army shovel that you folded out, you know, when I hit that box, it excited me, even though I knew what it was. Listen, Jesus tells us that where our treasure is, there is where our heart is going to be. And as I said last week, to see how that equates to real life, because you say, well, that's a sweet saying. It means it's where you spend your time. You get that? You know, where your treasure is, there is your heart, and that means that's where your body's going to be. That's what you're going to spend your time doing, wherever your treasure is. And he says, don't get distracted with treasures that can be corrupted, like things that can be rusted by time and things that moths can eat. Listen, I've had a, a long sleeve camouflage shirt since like 1991, and I still wear it. It is faded. Sister Tracy would not walk, probably wouldn't even walk down the dirt road walking with me, that thing on. It's so pitiful looking. I've had it since 1991. I've told y'all before about my running shorts that I always like to run in. You know, they, I, they, they've been retired. But I still wear this camouflage shirt, and it is faded and ugly. But, man, it just fits just right, you know? Maybe they need to bury me that in that thing one day. Who knows? And my running shorts. Who knows? But, you know, it's, it's threadbare because time works on it. I cannot... I cannot view it as being as valuable as it was on the day that I got it when it was bright green and it hadn't been washed and never been worn. But it's still somewhat valuable to me just because I, it's comfortable. But you see, those things can be corrupted. You know, we could talk about the old 1993 Bronco. We could talk about my favorite tractor on the farm that's almost as old as me. You know, we could talk about it. And, and time goes by. Metal rusts and clothes will just, they'll just disappear. They'll just wear out. They'll, you'll wear them off if you wear them long enough. Some of you don't wear them long enough till you're getting a new pair in, right? That's just part of our culture. But you understand, the centerpiece of heaven, the jewel of heaven, cannot be affected by moss or rust. Amen. You say, well, what is that centerpiece, Brother Tim? What is that jewel? You know what it is. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus is saying to them, your treasures that you value so much can be corrupted. They will fade away with time. They will rust. But the jewel of heaven cannot be corrupted because He's the Son of God. You see? So ask yourself the question, where is your treasure? Where is your heart? Is it with the Lord? Or is it with something that can be corrupted? One of the ways that you can determine that 
is do you experience disappointment when it comes to those things that you value? You see? Well, I've experienced a lot of disappointment in, in putting value on things that cannot give me the return that Christ can. Now, some people think that they can have it all. You know, well, you know, I, I can serve God and I can have everything I want in the world. And in the answer to that question, can you have it all? It is yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. It all depends on what you mean by all. Can you have it all? You can have it all when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ if He is your treasure. You can. And I'm not talking about the worldly things. When it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can have all of Him. You're not just an heir of God. You understand that? The book of Romans says that you are a joint heir with Him. That means that you don't just possess some little back corner, which we know, I know that's all I deserve. Just put me in a shack in heaven. If there is a shack in heaven, I don't deserve anything. But the Word of God says that you are a joint heir with Christ. And not just an heir, but a joint heir. Joint means that you're, it's like you're on the same level. Now, we know we're not on the same level as the Lord Jesus Christ because He is the Son of God. But the Lord, in His covenant, has placed you in a position as a joint heir with Christ. It means if you could just picture yourself walking around heaven one day, and the Lord's not going to say, well, now that's off limits to you, or you can't visit over there, or no, that's, you know, that mansion is for the, the person who saved all those souls and got them out of hell. <laughs> which there's no such person, you understand? That's not going to happen. The Lord is the only one that gets anyone out of hell. You understand that? And so he's not going to say, well, this is off limits because this belongs to some evangelists or this belongs to this person over here. No, you have a joint airship with Christ. Everything is yours. It helps to put in perspective the little things that we value in this life, doesn't it? Now remember, Jesus didn't say, quit your job and don't worry about what you wear or what you eat. None of us worry about those things, right? None of us worry about what we're going to wear or what we're going to eat or where we're going to stay. None of us worry about those things. We worry about other things. The extras is what we worry about. But Jesus is not saying, well, quit your job and don't worry about what you're going to wear. He's saying, don't let that distract you from the real treasure. That's the key right there. Don't let that distract you from the real treasure. Because He says... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of these things that He's been talking about shall be added unto you. You get that? When we let the things, the treasures that we value in this world distract us, then guess what? We lose sight of the real treasure. Now, look at Matthew 16. Matthew 16 and verse 24. You say, can I have it all? When it comes to the world, the answer is no. God never intended for you to have it all in the world. He never intended for you to rise to levels in the world that only the world would celebrate what you have. We want to rise to levels that the Lord Jesus Christ celebrates. And that necessarily means that there's some things of the world that we just have to forego. Matthew 16, and look at verse 24. Jesus said unto His disciples, If any man will come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow Me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now listen, Jesus is not saying that here's a situation where a child of God can go out there and lose their salvation. He said you'll lose your soul. 
And many of God's children, born of the Spirit of God, have lost their soul to the world. But praise be to God, their lives, their future, their destination is in the hand of God. You see that? Because there's another place far away from here, praise God, that they will be one day. But many of God's children will lose their soul to the world as they pursue the things of the world. It it astonishes me as I read and I like to read up on people that I have either enjoyed listening to in music or enjoyed reading and just people that are notable, maybe celebrities or sports figures or whatever. And I just like to read behind them about their lives. And I'm just telling you now, with almost with practically without exception, anyone in this world that has reached some kind of celebratory type status they have lost their, they may be a child of God. I believe I see fruits of the Spirit and things that they say and write and sing and so forth. But they've lost their soul to the world. They have brought a level of chaos and drama into their life that would not have been there had they been satisfied with the treasure of heaven. You see? Now watch what he says in verse 27. Now this is interesting and ties into our text in the book of Luke. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of His Father with His angels. (laughs) Over there in the book of Luke where we read just a little while ago, when He says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He begins to talk about His second coming. And here where He says, what has a man gained if he follow the world and lose his soul? For the Son of Man shall come in His glory. (laughs) I think there's a significance there that Christ is bringing them back to His coming when it comes to the treasure, you see. I like a church sign that I heard about several months ago after all of the the COVID stuff and everything was happening. Nothing kind of seems like it's going back to normal, at least the way that it was. And A church sign said, normal is not coming back, but Jesus is. I thought that's pretty good. You know, normal may never come back. What we had three or four years ago may never come back. Your mind may never come back from that. But Jesus is coming back. Amen. You can rest assured that's coming. And He tells them that every time that He begins to speak about where your treasure is. Can you have it all? Not if you're pursuing the things of the world. You'll lose your soul. Look at 2 Corinthians 4. And we'll read verses 5 and 7 to see the real treasure. 2 Corinthians 4. Beginning in verse 5. This is the Apostle Paul. And he says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Where's the treasure? But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, what he's saying there is in the preaching of the gospel, as we present to you from week to week, sometimes twice a week, as we present to you what we hope is the face of Jesus Christ, which is the face of our salvation, which is the treasure of our souls, whether we'll acknowledge it or not, he is the treasure. He says, we have a treasure in earthen vessels. We should treasure the preaching of the gospel. I've told you many times, it's the preaching of the gospel that changed my life. It's the preaching of the gospel. And the man of God was telling me about the Lord Jesus Christ. I have one picture of my great-grandmother, who was the wife of Elder J.W. McCool, who pastored at Zion. They're the ones that built and lived in the old farmhouse that many of you have been to. 
in times past. But she didn't like to have her picture taken according to legend in the family. She, she didn't like to have her picture taken. So this picture is of her and they had seven boys. Seven boys. And one of the boys died within a short period of time of being born. But this picture is a picture of her and great-grandpa McCool, black and white, and she's holding that baby that would die. And she's got a couple other little boys there. They only had about three, I think, at the time. Before my, I think it was before my granddaddy was born. And the look on her face and just, just her posture, everything is just mesmerizing to me. It's mesmerizing. She was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful, striking. And just the look of determination and worry on her face and holding that little baby. And she had hands that, she, she didn't have man hands, but she had strong hands. I could just, you could just see that they had picked cotton. They had done whatever work needed to churn butter. You know, I, I, just, I just sit there and I just look at that picture and just study it and just, good Lord, I wish she could talk to me. That's all I've got. That's it. That's the only picture that I've got of her. And the face that I see in that picture tells me, it makes my mind just go and think about, you know, what was going on in her mind? What was happening in, the, in their lives at that time? And my mind just runs wild thinking about, I wish I could just talk to her. And child of God, you got an entire book from Old Testament to New Testament to tell you about the face of your Savior of who should be your treasure. That's what the gospel is. It's telling you about someone. You see, the treasure in earthen vessels that we have is due to the glory of God putting that in an earthen sinful vessel like a man to preach the Word of God to you that the excellency and the power may be of God. You see? It, the glory goes to God. So we tell God's people about this face of Christ, this body of Christ, this Son of God, the treasure of heaven. You see, the Lord said all these other things shall be added unto you. Now, now I'm not going to sit here and say that. He was talking about food, raiment, clothing, housing. That's what he was talking about. So don't take that to mean, well, you know, that sixth or seventh car or that mansion. Or, you know, don't, don't extrapolate that to, to say, well, that means God's going to give me all this extra stuff that I need. That's not what he's talking about. But remember, it's not those things that distract us, Right? It's other things. It's other types of treasures that we seek. All right, now, listen. If, if that doesn't make any sense to you, maybe this will. I hate to tell you. I really hate to tell you this today. But you are missing out. You, don't you hate it when you're left out of things? You know, from the time I was on the playground and a little bitty squirt, and nobody, everybody looked over me and didn't pick me, you know, for that chase or kickball or whatever, you know, or whenever, you know, your friends, you heard your friends got together, maybe they forgot to invite you or maybe they didn't invite you or whatever. You know, you just don't like to be left out. I can think about times we would go and there would be a parade or something going and, you know, the parade's starting and you just feel this urge. I don't want to be left out. I don't want to miss a single float. I don't want to miss just this feeling of I'm being left out. Well, I hate to tell you, but you, <laughs> you are missing out right now. You're missing out. Philippians 3 and 20 says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3 and 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, 
where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead. I hate to tell you, church, but you're dead. (laughs) Your sins are dead. You're dead to this world. Christ has killed your human nature ultimately to the affections of this world. But we live like we've got this affection for the world, don't we? And I want to be this and I want to be that. And I want the things of the world. Set your affection on things above for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. If you can just picture Christ on the throne right now, I tell you, we're missing out. We are not where we are ultimately going to be. We are not who we are ultimately going to be because the treasure of heaven's pure world sits there and has your life hid within him. They're coming to me one day. I'm going to bring them here. You're missing out. You're dead to the world. You're alive to Christ. And you're in Christ. (laughs) If I could convince you that you had a better place, a higher purpose, a more glorious rank, (laughs) how different would we act? You know, our our thought mentality when it comes to the treasures of this world is, if I don't get this, I'm going to be disappointed. It's going to let me down. And I get that. This world is full of letdowns. But if I don't get this, just fill in the blank. If I don't have this boyfriend or if I don't have this girlfriend or I don't, if I don't have this wife or husband, if I don't have this job, if I don't have this certain level of income, if I don't have... The, and if you experience any measure of disappointment in relation to those things, then the treasure is not Christ. You're missing out. And I am too. Far away from here, in heaven's pure world, the Son of God sits on His throne. And at this very moment, the treasure of heaven... <laughs> This is crazy. The treasure of heaven treasures you. Isn't that amazing? Who am I? And what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? As David said when the Lord spoke of His kingdom for ages to come, as He spoke of His kingdom for eternity, whenever He said, I will raise up a man to sit upon your throne, and His kingdom will never end. Child of God, you're in that kingdom today. You're in the kingdom that David stepped back and said, Who am I? And what is my house? I don't deserve this. I'm not capable of praising God enough for what He's done for me. If I don't get this, then I'm disappointed. It indicates that our treasure is a little too local. Child of God, we're missing out. I've been listening to some Loretta Lynn songs lately because you know she passed away. And uh, I think my favorite Loretta Lynn song was the one that she did with Willie Nelson called Lay Me Down. And there's a line in there that says this. This life isn't fair, it seems. It's filled with tears and broken dreams. There are no tears where I am bound. I'll be at peace when they lay me down. Child of God, your, your life will begin when they lay you down. Your life will begin when, they, when the Lord comes back and takes you away from this world. You see? Normal's not coming back, but Christ is. So if you feel deficient today... If you say, I'm just not good enough to have this, or I I just didn't lay it on the line enough to have that. Listen, you're looking at the wrong thing. Look at Jesus. You see, Hebrews, the 12th chapter says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, suffering the shame. (laughs) Look to Jesus. So I don't have this. I don't have that. Quit looking at that and look to Jesus. Look to the face of the Son of God. Listen to the preaching of the Gospel. Get in the Word of God. Understand that your treasure is not here. It's in heaven and you're missing out. (laughs) And so am I. 
We can't even begin to imagine what our lives are going to be like whenever we enter into that eternal home and we behold the Son of God on His throne and He tells you, I've had you hid right here all along. All that stuff that you heard about, all that stuff that you fretted about, all those reasons you were disappointed, you just didn't look to me quite enough. The treasure is there in heaven, you see. Is your treasure, Jesus? I hope it is. I was looking back through some old writings And just to tell you a little bit about my heart and the foolish treasures that I've chased through my life, I want you to know this today. In my heart of hearts, I'm satisfied with the treasure of heaven. I'm satisfied. And when I get my eyes off of that treasure, I get unsatisfied real quick. And there's also an element of your satisfaction where you're not satisfied because you know it's coming someday, it's going to be better. And David said, when I'm in thy presence... I will be satisfied, you see, fully, completely satisfied. But I don't think there's anybody here that's chased as many foolish dreams as I have. From football to music to different, you know, if I don't have this particular, you know, girl to marry or if I don't have this number of kids or I don't, you know, all these different things that we get in our head that become our treasures that distract us away from the true treasure. And all we have to do is just to behold and look at the treasure. And so I found this old writing. It tells you a little bit about my 23-year-old heart and where I was. And this writing is called Fireflies. Alabama mornings, southern starry nights. I held my brother's hand neath the pale moonlight. Heaven up above us, gravel down below. Down by the sawmill lake, we knew just where to go. There beside the water, catfish jumping high. He pointed down the holler. And my eyes did open wide. Stars fell from the heavens and twinkled in the trees. The darkness danced in sparkles as far as I could see. And I chased the dancing visions as fast as I could run, reaching for them all that I might have just one. A dream to hold forever to satisfy my heart. We danced and laughed the night away, chasing fireflies in the dark. From those winding dirt roads, to the twisted paths of life, I have turned in circles on my heart and in my mind, asking for the mountains that I never could climb, thirsting for the fountains that always have run dry. Still I chase the dancing visions as fast as I can run, reaching for them all that I might have just one, a dream to hold forever to satisfy my heart. I'm just wasting my life away. chasing fireflies in the dark. Now that's my heart at 23 years old. Just reaching and reaching and never quite being able to satisfy what I was reaching for. And even when I got it, even when I got a hold of it, it still was, it just didn't do for me what I thought it was going to (laughs) do. Oh, but praise be to God. When I found the treasure in earthen vessels, The preaching of the gospel told me that there was a place that I belonged to that was far away. And there's a man that I have allegiance to because he chose me and he set my destination. And whenever that came to me through the preaching of the gospel, I realized that my treasure is not here. My treasure is in heaven. And so I don't have to reach aimlessly anymore. I just have to behold the Son of God. I just have to see the man Christ Jesus. And far away from here, he sits upon his throne. And he has Tim's life hid in his hand. And one day, Tim will go home. And every foolish little dream that I ever thought I had, every valuation for a treasure that I ever placed on anything aside from him, 
will just be a faded, faded, distant memory. Because the real treasure is the Lord Jesus Christ. Do y'all hear me this morning? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And your body will be there also. God's given you a kingdom. You notice what He said? He said, fear not, little flock, for it is your, God, your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So until you get there, when you feel like you're missing out, or when you feel like you're not making the mark, you can come to a place and hear the truth of God and understand that your treasure, your true treasure, is far away. What if He never left you that place to be able to understand where your treasure lies? What if He didn't have a church and you just wandered around aimlessly for your whole life and just woke up in heaven one day? But God in His mercy, He's so good and He's so kind and He loves you so much and the treasure of heaven sees you as His treasure... He has given you the church of God so that until then you have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency and the power all be to the glory of God. So as the Ethiopian eunuch said to Philip, what doth hinder you from being baptized? What doth hinder you from following the Lord? If you know where the treasure is and you're missing out, don't you want to position yourself in a place close as you can get to where you can see a distant vision of that beautiful treasure? That's the church. And we give you that opportunity as we stand and sing.